Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. How are you all doing? As I sit here, and now it is in November, wow. Tonight, Athena and I are going to see Merciful Fate in Cincinnati. Hell yeah. As, by the way, this is released, which is on a Friday. So, if you listen to this on, like, Saturday, it was yesterday. Or Monday, it was, you know, the the previous Friday. So, yeah, Cincinnati, uh, Merciful Fate is there. And then, holy crap, man, like... 
It's like the first tour in like 20 years in the States and stuff like that. I'm excited. I'm stoked. It's exciting. I'm leaving work a little bit early. We're going to drive up there. It's about an hour and 40-ish minutes from Louisville. Hell yeah. So hopefully next week on Metal Mischief, we might just do a show review instead of an album review that week. Hell yeah. But today, yes, today I have members from the band Entranced from Los Angeles, California. And let me explain this this particular interview because it's a little bit different than, than everything else because it was a two-part interview. First part was back on September the 17th when they were on tour. Uh, I, I got to speak with them a little bit before their show at the Mag Bar in Louisville, Kentucky. And we were supposed to do the follow-up, the other half of the interview, the following day in Indianapolis at Black Circle Brewing. And some things happened. I ended up having to leave the show a little bit earlier. Plus, they were on tour. They were super busy. Uh, There wasn't really a good area to do it in. The green room was really loud and such. So I got to talk with... Uh, in Louisville, I had talked with B, uh, with Ben, Feely, and Luna from the band. And here just a few days ago, I got to talk to Luna and Ben on the phone from California. So you will get to hear a couple of different sides of the interview here. Which is totally cool. Also this week, Jason is back from the heavy metal wasteland. And he is here to talk about... Uh, some real current events in music, which, you know, it's it's got to deal with the sword, which, you know, I'm kind of uh, bummed out about because I'm a big sword fan. It, it There was some really awesome stuff that they put out. You know, Warp Riders to this day is still one of my favorite albums. I love the artwork to it. I just love the overall flow of the album, how it's kind of broken into two parts. It's so cool to me, right? But, like, you know, like, I wasn't really big on, like, used future and stuff like that. I mean, it was okay, but... And that was the first time I ever got to see them was on that on the used future tour. And they, they just felt like they played way longer than they needed to. But uh, I do want to take a minute and... And actually address some stuff, but because like I've been kind of uh, bummed out over the last few days about some stuff that's happened in my local scene, and where it's not my issue to get bummed out about because it really wasn't my fault per se. It had to deal with um, a boss that I had had one time and some other people, and I just kind of got left holding the bag. And I just want to say, you know, I apologize to uh, the people for for being pissed off at me, for being the middle guy for this. But, you know, it, it just sucks. It sucks all around. Dude dropped a ball. I, you know, I got blamed for it. It sucks. I mean, I hate the fucking fact that it happened. But, you know, I still think you guys kick ass. You're fucking definitely fucking kicking fucking ass for sure, in my opinion, you know. So keep up the good fucking work. Overcome, adapt, do whatever it is you do, because you've done it for fucking 35 years, man. 
keep fucking kicking ass. And, you know, I will always be there to support you guys in, in no matter what. So I do want to say that if you're listening out there. Not going to mention names. If you, if you know, you know. And if you don't, you don't. So, let's go ahead. Let's check in with Jason in the Heavy Metal Wasteland. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Wasteland. Hope you've all been well, enjoying the cooler weather, and looking forward to the holidays coming up. Uh, Thanksgiving being my personal favorite, of course, because I can eat, be a fat fuck, and uh, have no regrets until, uh, you know, later that night. So, that said, um, I'm going to do something different that I've never got to do before. And I'm going to do a band retrospective. Uh, that band is a major influence in my uh, musical career if you want to call it that and that band is the sword uh, from austin texas not sword from canada so i remember hearing about this band from a friend of mine who was at a bar in downtown Asheville called jolly rouge uh best described as an alternate lifestyle pirate bar i guess you could say that's my description of it not what they label themselves as but uh he told me that this band stopped in uh you know like nine o'clock at night looking for a place to play the owner said, yeah, go for it. They uh, unloaded. They set up. And he said this was like the most raw, awesome stuff he'd heard in a long time. Uh, from a band he had no idea it even existed. So he told me about this band the next day. And uh, he told me to go get their album, uh, Age of Winners. So I did what everyone used to do back then. And I just illegally downloaded it. Because it was, my, it was the quickest way for me to get it. Um, because in Asheville... You know, not all new releases uh, showed up in the music stores. It had to be on a major label, and they were not. I think they were on Komodo Records for a couple albums. So, um, yeah, it was like, you had to order it. I didn't want to wait, so I just downloaded it. But I have remedied that since. I own all their albums on vinyl, except for the ones I don't like, which I'll talk about later. Um, so, yeah, I heard this, and I was, like, blown away. Um, it was like the band I wanted to be in. Like the production was kind of raw, but still pretty good. The lyrical content was awesome. The riffs were super awesome. Um, you know, the drumming was, you know, um, Bill Ward style. It's like just it was like in the pocket, but sometimes not. Um, very unique and uh, didn't really follow the typical, uh, you know, four four pattern at all times. So I was all in. Like this was. This was my band, you know. And then uh, they released the second album, which was Gods of the Earth, uh, the next year. Uh, so I didn't have to wait very long to hear that. And uh, I remember uh, my guitar player, Micah, I remember telling him about this band to listen in and listen to it. And uh, he was mm -hmm. all in with me. So, uh, yeah, we were big Sword fans from the very beginning of, uh, you know, when I joined Temptation's Wings. Um, it was like It was like the holy grail of, you know, Stoner Doom or classic New Wave British heavy metal style stuff. And then uh, I remember finally they came back to town headlining during the Warp Riders cycle. And I remember that show very vividly. Uh, I was It was at a venue called Stella Blue in Asheville. Hold about 300, 250, 300 people. And uh, I remember the show was awesome. They were playing like all the songs I wanted to hear. Um, 
And I remember this big bouncer uh, came through the crowd and pushed me out of the way to get by. And I guess just out of reaction, I decided to push him right back. And I remember he picked me up like I didn't weigh nothing, pushed me through the crowd into the wall, threw me down on the ground, and started yelling something in my face. And I remember plainly telling him that he didn't have to yell at me. I will go outside and we can settle this like men. He didn't go outside. Uh, I had like a, I felt like it was a small victory that I scared him off. But, uh, you know, looking back now, uh, he was paid to keep the peace inside. And that's, you know, he was just doing his job. But, um, yeah, fuck that guy still. I still see him around every once in a while. I don't think he remembers me, but I'll never forget him. So he was like 350 pounds, like six foot eleven. I mean, I really don't know what the hell I was going to do with him if I did get him one-on-one. But, you know, at the time, I wasn't afraid to try so getting back to the uh, sword. So after the uh, Warp Riders album, uh, I remember that the drummer, uh, Trevor Wingo, quit. And I was really bummed, but I was still looking forward to you know the next album, obviously. And that album was Aperfon, Acrophon, I'm not sure how to say it. Um, and it was good, but I could really tell that the drummer for the sword was the secret sauce to that band. It's what gave them the uh, dynamics uh, that the first three albums had. Um, because while the new guy was good uh, enough, uh, passable, the stuff he brought to the table wasn't nowhere near the level that Trevor Lingo brought to that band. And um, the album's decent. I still listen to it, you know, once in a while. Not like the first three, which are all on, on rotation, like, at least a few times a year um, for weeks at a time. But, um... Yeah, so I was like, okay, you know, the first project with the new drummer, he'll settle in, it'll be good again. And then we got High Country, which I found out during the recording of that, that the the singer-songwriter, JD, moves to Asheville. So in my mind, I was thinking, we get a lot of sword shows coming up, maybe my band can open for them, be super awesome. And uh, none of that came to pass. They really didn't play actual much after that. I think I remember maybe uh, one time after the show at Stella Blue where they headlined, and they came through uh, opening support uh, with like some other bands every once in a while. But looking back, High Country is kind of the uh, the part where they just started going downhill. The album was good. It wasn't what people wanted, but I can't blame a band for like wanting to do something a little different. So I didn't hold it against them. And then they did Low Country, which was acoustic recordings of High Country. And I was like, okay, cool. They'll get it out of the way. You know, they'll get back to what they were known for. They'll get back to what they were known for. Okay, all all will be fine. And then they released this live album called Greetings From. And I heard this live album, and it was like the most uninspired performances that I've ever heard from this band. Like, they were all just, like, phoned in. There was nothing exciting. And then I saw them open for Clutch during this touring cycle, and it was just as bad as the recording. There was no energy. The band looked like they really didn't want to be there. They were opening for Clutch, and they were first on the bill before another band I had never heard of. And I thought that was weird, because this band opened for Metallica for almost a whole Death Magnetic tour. There's other bands that opened for Metallica during that time that play, like, stadiums now. Like Gojira, uh, Avenged Sevenfold, uh, some bands like that. That, you know, apparently either 
took advantage of the situation that they had or, you know, were, for whatever reason, just made it big. I, I never really got why Avenged Sevenfold's a big band. Um, every time I hear that singer, he, he's like, sounds like he's straining to take a shit. Uh, I really don't get it, but, you know, everyone has their cup of tea, right? So, I think I was kind of done with the sword after that performance. I was just kind of offended that they really didn't care. Um, they just phoned it in, looked like they were miserable being there, and left. Um, soon after that, they released uh, Used Future, which I listened to with no uh, excitement. There was a couple songs on there. Uh, Daily Nightshade was like kind of reminiscent of Old Sword. Like the melody and stuff was, and harmony was back. But the rest of the album really didn't do much for me. And then I remember they called it, uh, they called it hiatus, uh, due to no one, uh, showing up at their shows anymore, which I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it's not very good product you're putting out there now. So they went away. And then, uh, when the pandemic hit, they started doing, uh, live at home videos and they did a few covers and it sounded good. You know, I, I kind of enjoyed the covers. And then they, um, and then after that, not too long ago, they, uh, called it quits after doing a tour with, uh, Primus doing the Death to All Kings, uh, tour. So, um, that is the end of the band, hopefully. And I say hopefully because they didn't do a farewell tour, um, they just announced it out of the blue. So the best thing that this band can do is just stay away, let their legacy speak for them. Uh, first three albums, you know, great. One good album. And there's some other albums that, you know, had some good songs on it here and there, but, you know, nothing to write home about. I hope that this that's the end of this band. Uh, it would be very metal to just say, we're done. No uh, no big farewell tour, no stretching it out. Just, we're done. And uh, if, you know, if they're listening, which yeah, I doubt they are, but if any of them are listening, God, just don't come back. Just put the, just close the book. And uh, you know, start writing a new one with your other projects, and uh, I'll be, I'll be, uh, you know, waiting with uh, open arms for any more um, projects from Sword members as long as it's good. So, um, so that's all I got to say about that. Obviously, my opinions are mine and not Mark's. But as always, I want to thank Mark for giving me uh, some time on his uh, podcast. And, uh, yeah, if you guys have any comments about anything I said, you know, good or bad, agree, disagree, let us know. Write something on one of the various posts. Uh, I'd love to engage in respectful conversation with anyone about anything I talk about. I guess that's it for today, guys. I know it's been a lengthy one. You know, this is a band that's really meant a lot to me. And, you know, with all the good, there's also bad. So I want to make sure I was fair and put all my opinions out there, you know, stretching the gamut. As always, guys, stay safe and stay heavy, and we will see you next time. Dude, Jason, thank you so much. Wow, man, this is actually a little bit of a longer episode for you, a little bit of a longer segment, whatever you want to call it. Hell yeah, man. Keep up what you're doing. And, you know, I did make a, uh, before I get into the interview and the music, I did make a post the other day about the top five albums, EPs, releases of 2022. And myself, Jason, and Athena are all going to compile a top five list. So you're going to get five from the Wasteland, 
five from Metal Mischief and five from The Forge. And hey, it's going to kick fucking ass. And I've got a couple of really good ones on there that, you know, you might have slept on them, but I've got them. And fuck yeah, it's going to be awesome. So let's go ahead. Let's get into some entranced here. This is one for the ladies, as Luna says, live. This is Dream Lover. Kentucky on the what is it West Coast meets West End tour and I have members of the band entranced here and this is pretty cool because I've been talking with Philly here for about a year about getting on the show with Fortress but this is entranced so (laughs) go around the room here and let's introduce ourselves I'm Ben I play drums in entranced I'm Philly. I play guitar in Entranced. And I'm Luna. I sing. Awesome. Awesome. Well, dudes, how's the tour so far? 
it's been a blast for me. Um, <laughs> there, there was like one show where I like got sick and like didn't wasn't sure if I could make it through, but I would pull pull it off, I guess, because people were really stoked and uh, it ended up sounding like Sirathon Gold or something. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's totally fucking rad. You know. Yeah. It's like so you got that going on for you. Yeah. I mean, that was like an insane like feat of strength and endurance. Like, <clears throat> I played a lot of shows, and I don't know how Luna like made it through that set. Wow! Um, but it was pretty rad to witness, like from behind the drum set, and yeah, just in general, like I feel like we worked really hard over a compressed span of time to like make this EP and like kind of have all our ducks in a row for the tour, and so it's felt really good to be out here and play this music for people and kind of connect with them and like meet people all across the country and hell yeah and it's it's got to be one of those things is you know here before doing this interview was talking with trevor up here about you know he's never really played midwest shows he's only done like a couple here and there it's like what about you guys i mean is this first midwest run for for you guys too for entranced for entranced i'm sure but like overall overall for me yeah me i haven't been anywhere besides like just some places but uh luna has been yeah I've, I've come <laughs> through quite a bit with holy grail my band okay yeah yeah definitely yeah um i did not realize that that you played with holy grail yeah because my band opened up for holy grail on the exodus tour back in like 2010 <laughs> all right there we go <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's awesome so it's like everything comes around yeah, yeah. <laughs> damn that's and i just saw them wednesday they were here in exodus was yeah. here in town that's so awesome. so tell everybody about entranced like what you know what's new with you know how does everything work for you guys well yeah. um the way we work, we, we did, like Ben was saying, we did a lot within the span of just a couple months. It kind of took a while to get us all together, um, but once we did, we just went straight to work, and, you know, we've been relentless going on and on, just writing, um, making sure we have everything, you know, from the business side and music, and uh, so far, it's going good. Uh, we're working towards the future with like you know our release show in LA it's going to be kind of a highlight for us right I just saw a post on Facebook about that and it's like holy holy shit that's awesome it's like but it's like what next weekend yeah yeah Yeah. it's the 24th wow it's coming quick and that's the day uh, our EP comes out hell yeah hell yeah see that's awesome so we would have been we would have been pretty screwed I think if if we weren't (laughs) Like, if we didn't kind of intuitively find a way to, like, write together and work together, you know, just because of yeah. the circumstances of how it came together, but... Um, we ended up working really well musically, it, so... It felt really natural, yeah. and, like, I think my favorite song to play on the record live is El Gran Deseo, yeah. which is the... We, we, like, often Philly writes the riffs, um, or it kind of has the, like, you know the seed of the song and the arrangement like ready to go and then Luna and I come in but like that one song we all wrote like sitting together like in a room together and I think I didn't there's something like special about that one I don't even think we had the intention of writing it yeah we just kind of like Luna had this riff idea and we're like oh let's just jam that and out it came so (laughs) hell yeah that's that's kind of how we're I think we're gonna approach the next release you know because it just felt so natural 
Absolutely. So, in the grand scheme of things, you know, with the way the pandemic has shaped modern music today, you have so many different bands out there that are bedroom projects, basement projects, whatever you want to, uh, recording studio projects, mm-hmm. however you want to put the spin on it, where it's usually like one one guy or two guys that are a nation apart. I mean, how does that work for you all? Is that how you all are as well? Like, do you all live in separate areas and just get together? Well, we live in the general Los Angeles area, but we are quite a ways, like maybe an hour from each other. Well, they're kind of close to each other, but... You know, it's still a ways. <laughs> it's kind of the joke I made earlier about L.A. travel time. Yeah. 30 minutes is 12 blocks down the road. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, for sure. Okay, so you're, you're all around the general L.A. area. Yeah. So, you are at least somewhat centralized. And one of you doesn't live in, like, Oklahoma or nothing. Yeah. Well, and you're not sending files that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we, we get together a lot, actually. And um, we spend a lot of time. We've been trying to spend a lot of time with each other and just get that chemistry going and for sure because it it is you know a brotherhood being in a band you know being with people that you you have a kinship with is part of the 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 game in my opinion it is you know part of the fun behind it you know I'm that same way with my dudes you know we're it's like you know metal brothers you Mm -hmm. know for it's for a lack good, of a better term. It's a good question because, like, those tools are so powerful and getting more powerful by the day. You oh, know? yeah. And, like, like, it used to be that you couldn't make a record that way. And now, like, that option is available to us, you know, e- even if it's, like, man, like, the drive to Inglewood is really far, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> right. Like, we all have logic, you know, yeah. so, like, why not save the time? But, like, I think that's one, one reason I highlight that song is, like, I don't want to speak for the other guys, but maybe I can a little bit. Like, I think there is something special about being in a room and just, like, taking a risk and seeing what happens. And, you know, I love the music that we made that, like, Philly laid down to program drums, and then I came in and I did drums, and then, like, Luna, like, wrote vocals to that. Like, I love those songs, too, you know, but I think we're all hoping that, like... We, we like that old school sound like in terms of the tones in terms of the bands that we're influenced by and I think like you can't really get that if you don't keep some of the old school like approach to songwriting oh, yeah, and recording definitely, too definitely. like it's all gotta come together and funny thing is that we almost didn't get everything ready in time for the tour <laughs> so uh, we're really lucky that everything just aligned perfectly and we were able to come out with all our merch and just <laughs> hit it hard. That, yeah, that's a, that's always the thing. Is like yeah. you when you book a tour, even just a one-off show, and you want to have merch for it. Make sure it's not like three weeks before the show yeah, that was, before you order that was, it. Because I've been there. I think everybody does that. Or you have the one guy who's like, "Oh shit, I forgot to do this," yeah. and then you're like paying the rush fee and all that yeah. shit. It's like, yeah. come on. Yeah, we're pretty communicative with each other, and you know, definitely, we, well, we make sure we're on the same page. I think it'll be yeah, interesting, honestly, like for the next phase of this project, like how we work without this like looming deadline. You know, yeah, like, we yeah. Have the experience of like what entranced is with like this fucking shit has to happen. Right? Like, <laughs> how do we make it happen? We and might want to. Be... We might want to have that kind of. Tension. Yeah, we might oh, yeah. come up with something. <laughs> well, see, my biggest thing is like in my like musical endeavor of life is yeah. like I always try to set the goal. Yeah. It's like, all right, April fifth is when our CD is going to come out. 
Yeah. And that's and that's a shoot, as they say, uh, in in the in the that's that's when I'm putting out the fucking next CD that I'm doing. Yeah. And we don't have stitch one written yet, yeah. so it's like it's going to fucking be there because yeah, that's the goal. That's yeah. the date it's happening. <laughs> and so yeah, maybe having that that goal in mind is like okay, well you know we've got this deadline we've got to meet. Sometimes that you know lights a fire under people and and you know really kicks people in the ass to do something. It, yeah. it, it definitely does and. I think we're getting better with meeting those deadlines because we're in the beginning we're like, all right, we're gonna get this done, let's do it. And then the day comes, we're like, oh shit. <laughs> and you know, Trevor is a cool, really good friend of mine, so he's really interested in what we're doing. He's a fan of Luna, and you know, mm-hmm. he's a fan of what we did before. So um, he's just like, are you, are you guys getting your CDs pressed? What's going on? Like, you know, <laughs> he's really kept us on our toes. So we're like, you know, we have right. to step on it. Well, and. And he's like the staple point of what I was saying earlier with, you know, do you have members in like Oklahoma and shit like that? Because right. it's him. And, you know, there's so many people that I've got to talk to, like Chris Black from High Spirits. It's the same way. It's him. He's doing all of the shit. Yeah. And these guys are here to play. Right. And that's cool and all. But again, the brotherhood, like we were talking yeah. about. And that may, brings me up, brings up a point to a song that was written the same way it's like the, at the end of a recording session mm. that they needed time to, okay you got three minutes of tape left you've got to fill this up to get your your value right and it was that brotherhood writing process was paranoid right oh, shit. so yeah it's like totally cool it's like when it's your thing of doing that yeah, yeah. totally get that so after the tour and after the the EP release mm. on the 24th What's the next goal in mind? Are you doing like a, a 14 song, I like fucking album and the, shit? I think the, <laughs> the main goal is to do an album. Okay. Just, you know, work hard. We're, we're pretty, I think we have a work ethic down and I think we're uh, planning on not stopping. Just keep working hard and just uh, keep pumping out music. And Hell yeah. I think that's what we're working towards, right? Definitely. Yeah, we want to do the record release. Like that's a kind of big culmination of this whole process, you know. And the tour has kind of been building up to that in a nice way. Like obviously, all these shows are rad, but like we're excited to be able to like share that with our fans back home. And then we have a couple really fun shows booked at the end of October with Hellfire and Screamer, who are just starting their run. Yeah, that's definitely those. I'm, I'll be playing with those dudes in Milwaukee. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's so yeah. I've seen the tour dates for that, and it's like holy shit. Uh-huh. And again, that's uh, Tom from Death Angel was wearing a Hellfire shirt on stage the other night. So it's like nice. totally cool that you bring them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. Uh, so with an album, what is your idea of an album? Like because in the digital age, things yeah. have changed so much, you know. And everybody, I think everybody writes to the media that they're doing mm-hmm. like if you're gonna do vinyl you write to the vinyl time length and stuff right. like that so is it eight songs is it seven is it 14 you know because like back in the day back when CD was king and you had 80 minutes on a disc right. people tried to write 80 fucking minutes of music Metallica's done it fucking time and time again yeah. for god's sakes uh, so what is it for you guys uh, for me it's usually like geared towards vinyl 
Okay. Like an, an LP's length of music. Yeah, that, like that 45-minute mark is about what a vinyl can be. Yeah, I guess so, but that's we haven't really talked about it as yeah. a band, like how okay. we want to approach it, but that's okay. usually how I approach a record. So to the to the vinyl effect of things. Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, that sounds good to me. I mean, I'm, I'm always open to hear uh, what these guys suggest as well. I'm very open to like, okay, if you guys want to do 12 songs, let's do it. Okay. I'm going to do eight songs, eight great songs, let's do that. You know, I'm pretty much here to... Yeah, you know whatever whatever the flow is. Yeah, Yeah. whatever the flow, the vibe, you know, whatever happens, you know. But I I like to think of it that way too. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. All right, Metalheads, we're now picking back uh, up this interview that happened in September. As you heard in the first segment, that it was kind of the it was the in the room recording with these guys when they were at Magbar. Now I've got Ben and Luna on the line with me, and we're going to keep talking here. So, dudes, what's going on? Well, we're back in LA. We had a bit of a COVID thing at the end of the tour, but we were able to reschedule our record release show which was fun with um, Persecutor and The Fae. And then we had a little run of shows um, last weekend with the Hellfire and Screamer tour. We were able to jump on to the three Southern California dates with them, which was super fun. Like, great bands, great guys. And, yeah, I think now we're kind of... uh, letting the dust settle and, and looking looking forward to the future and I think looking forward to you know more more plans and more more music. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's cool that you guys got to jump on those three shows with them also because uh, my band played with them in Milwaukee at Blades of Steel, which was like their second show maybe on the on their tour, the the Hellfire and Screamer guys. Oh, yeah. Cool. 
yeah, so that was totally that was totally cool people. Uh, you know, Henrik, you know, Ben, you're a tall guy. And like Henrik in in Screamer is like six ten. And I'm like, holy shit, this dude is huge. <laughs> we we are without a doubt the two tallest heavy metal drummers in the world. No um, shit. <laughs> and and he is is bona fide taller than me, which uh doesn't happen often as you can imagine. But um yeah, like such a such a sweet guy, um and a great drummer and just like just like love being in his in his presence, you know, he's got like an like an awesome energy and um yeah, it was it was cool to see him. Definitely. Yeah, super super rad guys all around. But you you had mentioned that the end of the tour kind of got hit with uh some some covid sickness here and you all had to reschedule the EP release. Yeah, it was it was bad luck, you know, and 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 very frustrating and just I think like kind of the reality of uh um, you know, touring in 2022 that like COVID is still around and yeah. Um, I tested positive in in Albuquerque and, um, you know, we, we decided we, we had to just like head home and, um, luckily like we were able to, um, you know, well, the, the shows we had to cancel were very understanding and like, we appreciated like their forbearance with us. And then, um, yeah, the, the hometown show in LA, luckily we were able to kind of, uh, move some stuff around and, and, um, Luna and like everybody who was involved in like planning that, like did a lot of work to kind of like get the pieces reshuffled and yeah, we had a lot of fun. Like it ended up being a, a great show. Like once, once the quarantine was passed. Definitely. So that's that's just been here a few weeks ago that, that 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 got rescheduled to, right? So now that the EP is officially out, and I know you had some copies on tour with you, but uh but it was kind of like the big bash at the end of the at the end of the tour to officially release. So now that this is out, what are you all planning next? Well, I mean, I think right now it's just uh we've been kind of riding as we go and we have ideas that we've kind of been sitting on from early on. And so I think it's just continue writing to try and get a full length out and um, ideally try and do some touring in Europe or South America because I think that's kind of like the markets we, we also really want to tap into with this kind of music that seems very like, I don't know, they're, they're, really, they're really into the old school metal and like specifically our kind of sound, I think. So that's kind of what we're trying to tackle next is to get a, a proper full length. There's a couple label options we're also into discussing with, um, but we just want to focus on the music before we uh, kind of go down, down that route, down that road, you know? Yeah, definitely, because that that means that once you're down that road, then you're technically working for somebody. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one of the things that... We all, as musicians, you know, we kind of want to be our own boss at that. We don't necessarily want to work for somebody. So, yeah, that's definitely something to to really consider before you before you just sign on that line. Yeah, that that makes sense, you know. And it, it is like uh, there are lots lots of like complicated options to weigh up, and you know, like like you speak to, you know, like I think 
all of us like get into music because like we love like getting like stuck into the details of songwriting and and melodies and you know i nerd out on drum fills you know and like i don't nerd out on contracts or like distribution deals or like i haven't you know spent 25 years of my life doing that you know so um we're definitely stoked to like you know doing do the do we're stoked to do the kind of nerding out that we do best you know and like get back into like writing riffs and um you know philly who who wanted to be here and couldn't is like so prolific um and it's it's been a treat to like be in a band with him because he's he's just always showing up with new ideas um you know whether it's a jam session and i feel like with philly it's like you call a band meeting and he's like a more comfortable with a guitar in his hands so, like even if you are talking about like record contracts like he's gonna have a guitar and then like be when that when that situation does happen like he'll play some like awesome idea and you're like dude what is that like what what is that what is that um you you've come up with like why haven't you showed me that yet so um, and then typically with any in any other fashion with a guitar player he's just like i just i just came up with it right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> like anybody that i've ever worked with that i'm like hey hey well you what, what was that well i just i just did it i, did, I don't know what it was it's like well, do it again right. <laughs> do it again definitely right and then, and, and then they're like then they're like i can't do it again um yeah so you gotta gotta have the uh voice memo app Always Ready running. to go at all times, like a Western gunfighter. Yes, always running. You know, I I know people who have practiced in recording studios because they they've they've had their own studio, and they record everything for that reason. It's like we'll go back to like forty five minutes in on practice. Uh, you know, Shane played this crazy riff. What was it? You know, and they. It's like, man, if I had the the capability to do that, it would be it would be all all on, you know. I just record every single thing just to have, just to see what was going on, where we were at a certain time. Even even like in a history standpoint, like going back and listening to practices from like ten years ago and shit. Yeah, they're not. I feel like you're pretty disciplined about that. Like you you have like a backlog of like little ideas that are kind of organized and like. You know, when we've been working on music, you've got like your process for keeping track of that stuff. Personal. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Go ahead. It's not ideal as I would like. Yeah. I mean, I do have, I'm constantly like making voice memos and those will eventually sometimes flesh out into like logic or Ableton as like a skeleton of an idea. And then sometimes I'll even flesh it out and put like parts, but like there's, there's like different phases that ideas come and go through, but sometimes I'll just fire up the DAW and just like sit down and be like, all right, I'm just going to fuck around with riffs and song ideas for like an hour or two. And sometimes that's, so ideas come different ways, but I do have like a, a big catalog of just like voice memos for days, like thousands of voice memos that sometimes get organized and sometimes don't, <laughs> but I try and label everything. So I kind of remember it. Um, but yeah, definitely. So you actually pick up the guitar and write, write stuff as well, Luna. Yeah, and, it, and songs will get written kind of differently if it's a guitar versus a bass. Um, but yeah, I do play guitar and bass. 
awesome. See, that's something that I didn't I didn't know that you all had done before. Is you know I just figured you know Philly was was writing guitar riffs and and whatever and the bass riffs and whatnot because on the EP it is just you three and then you guys picked up a bass player for the tour and now he's a permanent member. Is that correct? Uh, well, I mean, I guess to to tackle that like piece by piece, like um, one of the songs that that I love the most and and the most like proud of on that EP like came from a jam where. Luna was playing bass, like El Grandeseo, like we, we really like kind of hammered out together, like one evening, like in my, um, practice space, you know, and like Luna just like picked up a bass that was lying around. Um, and so, you know, like, I think we were talking about in the, in the earlier part of the interview, like there is just something like so magical about that. And like, we have all these tools now with the DAWs, like Luna mentioned of like, you know, Philly can write riffs and like, you know, write to like MIDI drums and then send me the track without the drums and then I'll record the drums and you know, you're kind of bouncing files back and forth. But, um, you know, we like to keep a balance and like have some of that old school vibe and like take advantage of the fact that like Luna is, um, you know, a great guitar player and bass player and like a great writer on those instruments. Um, and then, yeah, as far as the like bass situation goes, um, like we picked up Calvin for, for the tour. We love Calvin, but uh, you know, for the time being, like we're going to keep entranced as the, um, as the three members that, that wrote and recorded the EP and, and kind of keep that configuration going forward. Okay, definitely. And you know, Hey, I mean, sometimes it, it works better that way because I know other bands that have done that and just have, uh, that revolving door of a few members that come in and, and play constantly with you. And yeah, while they're just the gun for hire kind of thing, but sometimes that really works for some people. Yeah. I mean, I think we, um, uh, we, uh, really like, um, uh, sorry. We, we just really like the, the creative partnership we have between the three of us, you know? Yeah, totally. I get that. Which is, which is, which is awesome. So, you you're planning on writing the full length you're you're sticking to the to the three three main members that you've had from the beginning and hell yeah so like with the full length and i'm kind of, i'm sorry if i'm jumping around here but with the full length is this going to be all new songs or are you considering expanding the ep how how are you all planning that um well i don't think we we haven't fully like discussed it to be honest, but I, for my impression, we weren't going to use any of the EP songs. Um, and it's, it would be all new material because we have, we have like, um, Philly's pretty prolific and is always coming up with ideas. I, I don't think we're short of ideas. It's just more of like the time to like finish the ideas, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Um, but yeah. Um, it, so I think it, it'd be all new stuff. Okay. Yeah, because see that's my thing is like I totally get behind people that, you know, I don't understand like re-recording certain songs, you know, or or anything like that personally. It's like this is the this is the first look at you guys. Now let's see what comes next. I've always been like a content is king kind of guy where the more content you put out of of newer stuff as opposed to re-recorded older things and stuff like that 
is very much, you know, is a, is a big selling point to a band. Yeah. I think we, we believe in that too, you know, and, and, and we like getting new music out there and new content, you know, and, and might even have some like tricks up our sleeves, uh, as far as that goes, like before the full length is done, but we're still working that out on our end. Definitely. So awesome stuff to look forward to. Hopefully next year in 2023, this is gonna, this is gonna happen. Yeah, that's definitely the plan. Um, you know, and, and <clears throat> we, uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, kind of circling the wagons now and as 2022 ends and kind of looking forward to the year ahead. Definitely. So real quick on this, uh, because you guys live out there. So like here in the Midwest, I, you know, we still have a lot, a, a decent amount of shows, but like, our our stuff kind of does slow down just a little bit, you know. You know, you don't have fourteen shows every weekend in 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 fourteen different bars and stuff like that. Out in out on West Coast, is that even a thing during the winter months? Yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, and, and I mean, <clears throat> L.A. is such a like entertainment industry driven town, you know. So I think we're all well. I'll speak for myself. Like I think I'm 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 conscious of the the way that you know the the whole energy of this place drops basically between Thanksgiving and like the second week of January. Okay, um, so it does sort of have a little bit of a quote off season. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like Luna like works more directly with that industry, so he he probably be best place to say you know. But um, it does have an off season, and you know, I think we were definitely thinking of like kind of hunkering down and again that that would fit well with like kind of our our writing trajectory yeah i mean i could speak to that too um i didn't really think about it till you mentioned it but i think on the whole like bands are trying to tour more in summer and like before like like the, the heavy snow comes in you know or any any cold comes in um but you would think that we would have more stuff going on. I think there's still shows happening, but it's just not as much as in the summer or like, um, you know, September, um, late summer, early spring kind of stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. See, that's, that's interesting to me. It's kind of like playing Oregon trail on the higher difficulty settings, you know, where it's like you, you set out in your covered wagon, like later in the year, you know, (laughs) <laughs> you might, 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 might end up like having to hunt more more buffalo to supplement your food supply or if like you know your wagon wheels break then you all die of dysentery oh yeah that's yes good old Oregon trail you can't <laughs> I remember when that was new <laughs> state, of, state of the art graphics yes for the time being yeah the apple too man Come on. Yeah. <laughs> it is it's so so awesome. <laughs> but the fun part of the show is always ask some general profile questions about you as people. And of course we didn't get to do this last time, so we get to today. So I'm going to go ahead and break over to some of those and okay. you know this is just life related questions. You can apply it to any aspect of life. I'll, okay. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to try to answer for Philly, which could be like 
A, a disaster, B, really entertaining, or C, both. <laughs> right. Uh, what is the most annoying bill you have to pay? Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, I already know Feely's to- answer to this. Feely's answer is uh, the bill to Guitar Center. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine, like I hate, I, like I'm gonna throw this guy under the bus. I won't, I won't name him, but mine is the internet bill on my lockout because I got internet in there, and then the guy in the room next to me like got a separate like line put in, and I like got in touch with them, and I was like, hey man, like we should totally just split this internet internet bill because like we have adjoining rooms, like the same router would cover both, and he was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so <laughs> we're both paying full price internet for two rooms that literally share a wall. Oh my gosh. That that's crazy. It's like who would who wouldn't want to save money? I yeah, I really I'm I'm still a bit flummoxed, but that's that's my answer. <laughs> right. What about you, Luna? What's the most annoying bill you have to pay? Um it's probably my gas bill because it's so it's like it's so small like i don't know like my my wa- like my water heater's all electric so it's like 7 or 8 bucks a month sometimes i'm like do i even need to really pay this like <laughs> I, don't, I guess i don't really use gas so um um it's just you know i think i just generate enough flame on my own just like my own flames that i don't need gas you know, <laughs> right. So, so yeah, that's something uh, about you know the gas bill. It's like you know, do you are you do you all turn on the heat when it gets like forty degrees or something out there at night? Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> you're not going to believe it, but like it does get pretty cold in LA, like at night and in the winter, like the the desert weather. Um, like you you do end up needing heat. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with Luna. The SoCal gas is like just kind of like a mosquito buzzing in your ear. Oh, see that that's awful. It's like, ah. I'm gonna I'm gonna. I think my answer for Philly is that his most annoying bill is like he ordered a bunch of custom picks when we went on tour, and he lost like the whole bag of them. Um, like early on, like we were we were pretty lucky. Like we didn't have any like big setbacks other than COVID or like we didn't get any shit stolen or like lose, you know, like a box of merch, but like he did lose his picks. And so I think his most annoying bill is going to be, um, he's about to replace, um, those, those picks and like buy new ones. Right. Um, so that'll, that'll be annoying because he's already paid for picks that he never got to use. Oh yeah. That, that, that shit sucks. I've, I've had some, something similar happen where, you know, you just, you buy something and you're like, all right, this is going to kick ass. And then something happens and you lose it or you fucking, yeah. Yeah. That's an annoying, that's definitely an annoying thing to, to lose something after you've bought it. So what would you do with an extra hour in the day? I would probably meditate. Yeah. That was going to be my answer too, actually. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense though. I mean, you know, that's the, that's the mental health awareness there that, you know, the centering that I think everybody needs to do. They need to have that, that moment of time to, to just 
recenter themselves? I think Philly would probably go to the Cat Cafe for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> probably so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I would, yeah, because I do a kind of meditation where you're supposed to do it twice a day, and I never miss the first one, but I always miss the second one. So, like, having that extra hour um, would be the perfect opportunity it's an interesting philosophical question though right because like if if it showed up every day as an extra hour that i was not expecting like that would be a very different experience than if i knew every day was going to be 25 hours like i would start to kind of like fill up and or waste that 25th hour like in a similar I'm not sure this is making sense. But, no, it makes sense. Um, oh, yeah. Um, I, I would definitely practice. I think, like, I would love to get an extra hour of practice a day. And then my third answer is, like, I always joke that, like, if I could clone myself and, like, set the different clones to different tasks, um, I would have one clone that just listened to podcasts <laughs> all day and, like, reported back to the, like, you know, main, <laughs> main Ben intelligence like clearinghouse like what he had learned nice nice it's kind of like multiplicity i think uh each one of them had different tasks to do so yeah uh, what is the main thing on your bucket list well i could go to that um i i wanted to do the um the camino de santiago it's like the walk of saint james kind of because it's my namesake but also i think it's really cool um and it's that it's like this old pilgrimage walk slash hike through um, a good portion of Europe that I've always wanted to do. I might do it next year. We'll see. Right on. I'm turning I'm turning forty next year, so I thought it would be cool to do that as a fortieth. Hell we'll yeah! See. I wish I had an answer that cool. I mean, I I there are like a lot of places that I would love to travel that I've never been, um, but. I don't know if I have like one that like stands out head and shoulders above all of them. Um, and you know, there are like a lot of like countries I would love to play music in, um, you know, but I don't know if there's like one that's like the one. Um, yeah. And I feel like I've, I've also been lucky to like, like cross some things off. Um, like my wife took me to the Yukon last year, um, for my birthday to see the Northern lights, which was pretty, pretty incredible. Nice. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. I'm, 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 this is like a left field answer. I would love to be on like a square rigged ship, like while it's actually sailing. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. And I would like to meet, I had opportunities, but passed them up to meet. Um, Rob Halford and I'd like to meet Ian Gillen too be, be, while they're still like living ideally <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that's the that's the, that's my favorite way to meet people yeah living <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right <laughs> what is the best present you ever received my wife made me like a we were on the road for 28 days and she got a, like a pill organizer um, with 28 little like cubby holes that you opened 
you know, that we're, we're supposed to be for like, you know, an, an old person, like taking their pills like day by day. But she put like tiny little presents in, uh, for each of the days that I was on the road. That was an incredible present. Um, and that's the first thing that, that comes to mind. Right on. We're, we're forgetting. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're, we're forgetting Philly, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think it would probably be like the first electric guitar my parents gave me when I was like 11 or 12. Um, it was like a PV Raptor. It was like a Strat copy, but it just was like, it's like, all right, I'm really doing this. Like, and they got me lessons as well. I think that just kind of set a trajectory for me to do like rock and roll and metal and stuff that, um, that one really sticks out to me as like a pretty formidable gift. Definitely. Yeah. I remember getting my first, uh, guitar as well. And, and that was always, that was something that, you know, I still hold like that memory that I'm I'm like, yeah, that was really fucking cool. (laughs) So I've got one more question, but before we do it, uh, do you all have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? Um, I think for me, the shout outs, just like people that have been real supportive, like Trevor and Haunt and Jarvis and the night demon guys and the hellfire dudes and the screamer dudes. Um, just those guys have just been so supportive and really helpful. And then like our local buddies, like, persecutor and saber um and the early moods dudes like everyone's been like really cool and like trying to help us get going you know that's for me yeah i mean i think i think linda really covered it you know i like strongly second all that you know and just like to all the people who came out to see our shows and like bought our merch and who have been buying our music online like since it's been available you know and, and especially the people who like took a chance on a band that, um, you know, maybe that they weren't super familiar with or, um, you know, didn't know what they were getting into. You know, we've, we've just been like really grateful for the response and like the people who are spending the record and enjoying the music. Hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think also like (laughs) speaking to the elephant in the room, like ex mortis had been, Longtime homies, and that's Philly's actually heading out to a Halloween gig with them right now because he's playing guitar with Ex Mortis um, tomorrow night in Salt Lake for a Halloween show at Aces High Saloon. So, um, shout out to Ex Mortis as well. Hell yeah, hell yeah! So, final question of the day is: Which actor would you want to play you in a movie about your life? Uh, Val Kilmer. <laughs> oh shit! Just like no, no hesitation. Like, no, right none at, the at all. The tongue. Dude, I have no idea. I don't have any good celebrity lookalikes. I know who I would want to play my parents. That's not as interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you said which actor, and I just thought Val Kilmer or whatever it is. That's who's going to pick. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea you were such a big Val Comer fan. I didn't either until now. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. 
like I wanna I wanna like think about that and like write write back. Because, like, it, it needs to be, like, someone super tall, you know? And they're, like, actors by nature or not. Like, there are only, like, a few of them. Right, uh, right. Peter Steele. Yeah, <laughs> he's not an actor. Uh, can you imagine Peter Steele playing me in a movie about my life? Like, that just that's like such a weird idea. That would be funny, you know? I mean, honestly, that could probably go both ways. If because you know you just dye your hair black, and you could probably do play him in a movie. Well, yeah, okay. So, so I mean, Luna is not forcing me to talk about, but I I love <laughs> typo negative, and I'm like a pretty mediocre bass player and a pretty mediocre singer. But I've been like like steadily and slowly working on my dream of fronting a typo negative cover band. So we'll see if I can get it together for Halloween 23. It might be Halloween 24, but like one of these Halloweens, like maybe when I get that extra hour in the day. <laughs> yes. It's, it's going to happen. I already own my skin tight, like army green t-shirt. So. I, I was about to ask, do you, do you have the green shirt? And <laughs> yep. I got to order the calculator watch and like start juicing and like working out a lot, but and and you got to be a car guy because he was a massive car guy too. So oh really? Oh wow! Yep. I, I, yeah, you got you got one over man. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, he he was a huge car guy, like old school, like you know, like American Steel, like the Camaros and Chargers and shit like that, sixties and seventies muscle cars. That checks out. Although, like, I don't know how he like me would have been able to fit in any of those cars. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if it were like a Dodge Dart, you know, I could understand because they're so tiny. <laughs> yep. Hell yeah. Dudes, thank you all so much. This has been an awesome, you know, continuation to this interview that happened a month ago. <laughs> now people finally get to hear it all. <laughs> who who would we cast as Philly in the movie really quick? Luna, do you have any, like, brainwaves? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. It'd probably be, like, Lee Diamond Phillips or something. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put our heads together and we'll we'll send you like for the for the thumbnail for this podcast we're gonna send you like a crude Photoshop of, of actors playing you three. Yeah, but like the entranced movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. That that will totally work. <laughs> All right. Uh, Guys, seriously, uh, Luna, Ben, thank you guys so much. Philly out in tour land right now. Thank you as well. Uh, do you, uh, yeah, fuck. Uh, Alpha the EP, what do you guys want to play out? Uh, I feel like it's, I mean, El Grande Seo for me, like I mentioned it earlier. I don't know. Unless, unless you, know, you have a different. Yeah, you, in the, in the actual in person, you had mentioned that that was your, um, the, your favorite one you, you played live. Yeah, that's been a favorite for me too. It's also just like I don't know, like like um, you know, Luna wrote wrote the vast majority of the lyrics, and like we didn't talk about like what that song was going to be about at all before he wrote it. And then like when I saw the lyrics for the first time, I was like, "How have you been like inside my brain?" <laughs> um, which is like a pretty like magical feeling, I think, like in a in a creative collaboration, you know, to like. Um, have someone sort of like speak to 
a feeling that you've never expressed um, and then have that be like part of the music that you make together. Um, that's my that's my setup for El Grandeseo. Awesome. So you heard them. This is from Entranced. This is El Grandeseo. Oh, 
Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio, something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at... 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com. BigCartel.com Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. It's Gonna Get Weird is the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, 
we're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs> 